Hello and welcome to The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. My name is Sierra and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. From my crazy life to yours, it's time to share our experiences and get into those gritty details. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. It's your host Sierra here and today we have Miss Robin, brand ambassador in the house. (laughs) Would you like to introduce yourself, Robin? Hi, my name is Robin. I'm 24 and I'm an educational assistant. So Robin and I have actually known each other for a few years now and throughout our various conversations, because you know, sometimes they go a little off the rails. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We actually have confided in each other with our different religious experiences. So I actually grew up in a Lutheran church background and Robin grew up going to the United Church. So how about you give us a little introduction into the United Church? So the United Church of Canada has only been around since 1925. It was started in Toronto and it's sort of a conglomeration of a bunch of different churches. For example, the Methodist and Presbyterian churches. We've The United Church fought for same-sex marriage in 1992 and then It was finalized in 2003 when BC and Ontario also ruled in favor of it. And they were also the first of the major Canadian religions to apologize for residential schools all the way back in 1988. Holy crap. Yeah, they've actually apologized for it a few times. Sorry, it was 1996 or 1986 the first time. They apologized in 86, 88. 98 and then a brief one again i think in the 2000s so as the kids would say they are woke they're pretty it's a pretty lit church yeah no kidding yeah so my personal experience growing up in the lutheran church honestly it wasn't really my decision to be religious when i was younger and i don't blame my parents for it because that's what they grew up like as well But I know your experience was a lot different than mine, so do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So for starters, I am a member of the LGBT community. Woo! Woo! The gays. (laughs) Um, And one of the really great things about the United Church is it is very accepting of others and other lifestyles. So growing up as a young queer kid in a church, I never felt alone. I never felt like I was a disappointment and I was exposed to a lot of different families and a lot of different humans as part of the United Church. See, that's really cool. Um, Everybody in the Lutheran Church was really old Germans, so I was really exposed to like one type of person and that's it. old white people yeah and those really don't do a whole lot for you of course i met some wonderful friends and wonderful people throughout my experience but that being said there was no diversity at all whereas with the united church there is such a diverse congregation different ages religions all kinds of people come to the united church races sexual orientations gender identities growing up in the church. One of my best friends had two moms and it was just the most normal thing we'd have had ever experienced. It was never weird. That's super cool. Yeah, there was nothing like that in my experience at all. (laughs) So something that happened to me when I was 
growing up Lutheran is I actually went through the whole confirmation program, which I don't even know how many churches still do it, if it's still like a wide, wide thing that's done. A lot of them do. I know the United Church still does. Interesting. Really interesting. Uh, so when I was going through these classes, because it's a, it's a couple years of classes, and I believe it was like every Tuesday or Wednesday night we went, and it was for a few hours. Like it was like a secondary school, basically. One time my mom came, and she like parents were encouraged to come to classes every once in a while. So she came to a class, and... The whole class was about um, homosexuality and how it's a sin. Yep. So I actually have a family member who is gay, openly gay, and has been for a really long time. So my mom decided to ask because it was bothering her uh, that my youth leader was saying all the gays are going to hell. And my mom asked him and said, so, you know, even if he repents his sins, like, what's going to happen? And he said, oh, he's still going to go to hell. Like, that's what I grew up with. And the thing is, like, at this point, so I was in probably seventh grade, I didn't really know much about LGBTQ plus anything because it just wasn't really a thing discussed, like, in the media or, you know it wasn't widely discussed like it is now or accepted. So I didn't grow up with like a good understanding of like what the community was. And then going into like high school, I definitely got more of a feel for it. And I never really understood why I was supposed to hate these people. Really didn't make sense to me ever. Fun fact, you're not supposed to hate them. (laughs) How about that? How about that? It was just a really hard thing to swallow and you know sometimes I would even try to like stick up for my religious self with my friends and try to say that the dinosaurs didn't exist even though I knew they existed because that's what I was told was to tell my friends that (laughs) the Bible is right and you are wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I had a vastly different experience growing up in the United Church. And for reference, there's a couple year age difference between me and Sierra. Yeah. (laughs) So we were children at very different times. Yes. I grew up in the United Church in the early 2000s. So I would say probably about age five to seven, a congregation member came out as trans, which in the early 2000s, people were like, what the hell is that? But because of how we were raised and how the church was... They took it upon themselves, like the minister and the other staff took it upon themselves to educate themselves, first of all, about what it meant to be transgender and how to properly support this congregation member through their transition, but then offered classes and lectures for the other members of the congregation to go to so they could learn. And I'm so thankful and grateful that my sweet, loving, accepting parents went to every single one and were able to bring it down to age-appropriate levels for my sister and I so that we could help understand as well. That's really beautiful because that wouldn't have happened in the Lutheran Church. Honestly, I think if somebody would have come out as trans, (laughs) they would have just been told to like, go, bye. 
leave get out of here Goodbye. yeah you don't belong unfortunately and that's just so far from anything i believe so did you even know during your time at the united church that other churches taught so differently and preached so differently i did a little bit but i didn't fully understand the extent of it so for reference my dad also grew up in the united church but my mom grew up an orthodox ukrainian catholic Huge difference. Absolutely huge difference. <laughs> so my mom came into the United Church from a Catholic background and was culture shocked for probably the first five years of my life. Because I have been going to this church since day one. Like that's where I was baptized. That's where I would have been confirmed if I had gone through the process. So I kind of understood the differences but was not really cognizant of how different my experiences were totally did you ever have to go to a catholic service or um so i've been to a few things at the catholic church like i've been to a wedding and a baptism oh wow yeah um fun fact during baptisms they do communion yes they sure do (laughs) which was wild for me because at the United Church they use grape juice instead of wine. Mm-hmm. But the Catholic Church still uses wine. Yep. And I was seven, I think, at the time. <laughs> yeah. So my parents send me up like the good little church girl I am to do communion. And I come back and go, why was the grape juice so yucky? <laughs> and my mom was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that was wine. And I was like, what's wine? <laughs> That is too good. (laughs) You poor thing. (laughs) Traumatized. I didn't drink wine again until I was like 17 probably. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. That would definitely make you not want to try it again. Awful. (laughs) So in previous conversations that we've had together, you kind of mentioned that you were taught to love no matter who people were or what they were going through. Do you want to emphasize on that a little bit? Yeah, so the United Church really does preach on the principle of love. Love yourself, love thy neighbor, no matter what, no matter who they are. You love them as God intended and God created, and he created us all to be who we are in what the United Church believes. Yeah, no, that's really beautiful, because like I said, in other religions, you just wouldn't be accepted and you would be thrown out. Which really sucks. It does. It's just not the way it should be as... I mean, if you go into the original teachings of the Bible, like you said, it's all supposed to be about loving each other. I mean, there's some messed up stuff in there too, but... (laughs) We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) We won't go into that maybe another day. (laughs) So at the beginning of this podcast, you kind of talked about how you were a member of the 2S LGBTQIA plus community. Would you like to emphasize on when you came out and how that went for you? So I always kind of knew I was a little fruity. (laughs) Just a little. I'm a fruit cocktail. Fair enough. (laughs) But I think it was in grade 12 when I officially did that, like, coming out sequence to people in my life. Mm -hmm. I was never scared of doing it, which for a lot of queer people, they are. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I knew no matter what, because of how I was raised and how my parents were, everything would be okay. Yeah, that's really, really awesome. So were you scared to tell your friends from church or anything like that? 
No, because quite honestly, uh, we all ended up a little fruity. <laughs> oh my gosh. So everybody was just really happy for you, hey? Yeah, I came out and everyone was like, lit. <laughs> we were talking a little earlier about... Um, even when I was in high school, there was like four openly out people in the entire school. And now you just see people coming out younger and younger, which I think is really beautiful that they don't have to hide who they really are for years until, of course, they're out of school or even well into adulthood. Working as an educational assistant, I currently work in an elementary school setting. And I have met a lot of really wonderful young queer people in the six or seven months I've been doing my job. Wow, that's really, really cool. Yeah, it's been (laughs) really amazing. So even though your family was welcoming and your church was welcoming, of course we all know that the Bible says that being gay is wrong. So how did you overcome that? Honestly, like a lot of queer people that grew up in religion, there was a lot of internal struggle. Mm -hmm. And it took a long time for me to accept myself right which is why it probably did take a little bit longer for me to fully come out it was a lot of talking to other queer people really exploring myself and exploring myself in religion and where it fit into my life Mm -hmm. did you talk to anybody in your church about it so about the time i decided i was ready to come out the minister at my parents' church was an openly gay man. Very cool. Like, to the point where his husband also attended services and helped run, like, our projection and lighting system. I love it. (laughs) So having that role model be somebody who loves the way that I do and loves God and Jesus the way that I do, be an openly queer person really made me feel at home and comfortable enough to do it. So was it hard for people to take you seriously as a member of the 2S LGBTQIA community? So I would say in the beginning when I was still in like the process of coming out to certain people in my life, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, or okay, not a lot of people, a few people were like, it's a phase. Mm -hmm. Like, your opinions will change. I'm now almost six years after coming out. Don't think it's a phase anymore. Think it's a lifestyle. Exactly. I was just gonna say, I feel like when you're especially in your older teens, like, you know, and you were repressing these feelings for a really long time already. So, you know. (laughs) Sure did. And even friends that were saying that they were like bi or gay when I was in school. They still are. (laughs) We're here and we're queer. Yes. (laughs) Do you remember ever being taught to tell people that they were wrong for believing what they believe in sexuality wise? Short answer, no. Good. (laughs) Absolutely not. It was never taught in sermon or Sunday school or any of that. We were always just taught to love one another. Hmm. There was no pray the gay away or anything like that? There was pray the gay in instead, honey. Oh, oh. (laughs) I love that so much. So were you taught that Jesus or God would forgive your sin of being gay? I was never taught that it was a sin, so God and Jesus have nothing to forgive. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
this is so wild for someone that was taught the complete opposite to here. And of course, like I've abandoned these beliefs and honestly, I really don't know how much I really believed it because it just didn't make sense to me even from a young age. But yeah, that's really, really cool to hear that it's just so, so opposite of what a lot of churches preach. So ever since I've known you, you've actually been in a straight passing relationship. So you are with a man. Has that ever made people question your queerness? No, it's made me internally every once in a while question my queerness. Right. Because I've never romantically or physically been with a woman, but I am attracted to them. So I know that I'm queer, mm -hmm. but have currently had no desire to be in a relationship with one. Which is totally fair. I mean, sexuality is fluid and your feelings are still valid. Yeah. So it's been a while since you've come out. It's been a while since you've been in high school. Do you still believe in a God? Yeah, in a sense I do. In what ways do you think? So I don't believe that there's like a bearded man in the sky controlling my every waking moment. Yep. Like this isn't the Truman Show or some shit. <laughs> but I do believe that there is a spiritual being, whether it is like a bearded man in the sky per se, or a single celled organism that created the universe. Because we all came from somewhere. The Big Bang came from somewhere. Totally fair. Are you still a member of the church? So I still consider myself a member of the church. Mm -hmm. I'm not a confirmed member. I never went through confirmation classes, which really just means I don't get a say in like what the church spends money on and who becomes our minister and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But spiritually, socially, and physically, I would still consider myself a member. Did you seek your own church or find it better to believe in your own time? So... I go back and forth on this. Sometimes I am very much drawn and comforted by the physical being in a church, mm -hmm. mostly because it's from my childhood and it's always been a comforting place. Right. But as I've grown older, I've developed a more fluid relationship with my spirituality. So if I'm on a long drive by myself and I need to get something off my chest, mm -hmm. I will as I'm driving down the highway, start talking to the man upstairs and talking to Sky Daddy and see yeah. what he says. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, I think it's really important as a religious person to know that you don't have to be there physically to believe. Anywhere can be a church. Going on a hike in nature and seeing the beauty that is around us and the beauty that God has created can be just as spiritually rewarding as going to church and saying a prayer. So we're reaching the end of our podcast here, and I was just wondering if you had any advice you'd like to give people who might be struggling with their queerness or wanting to be involved in a church or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So the church you grow up in might not be the church for you. My story is pretty exceptional and pretty abnormal. So explore other churches, explore other religions, find what works for you. Also, take time to heal yourself. Growing up in an unwelcoming environment can be traumatizing and really hard. So if you have to take a step back from whatever the situation is, 
So if it means not going to church for however long you need to heal yourself or going to therapy, which let's face it, we all need, <laughs> yep, is really important. Find ways to praise and pray in your own way and whatever that means for you. If it's going on a hike and sitting at the top of the mountain in the quiet and just listening to the universe, great. If it's reading, sitting down and reading a passage or two in the Bible every night, even better, like whatever works for you. And most importantly, talk to other queer people. Talk to others that have had your experiences or similar ones. Because that can be so freeing to just share your story and to get it out there and get out what you're feeling. I think that's really, really beautiful advice. And I hope somebody out there listening can use it. So we have reached the end of today's episode. Just going to give Robin the floor for a second. Thank you so much for having me, Sierra. It's been a slice. If you want to check me out on Instagram, it's at Robin Rolke. That's at R-O-B-Y-N-R-O-L-K-E. Woohoo! Perfect. I hope you go find her. And I can't wait for the next episode. Have a great one, everyone. Bye! Goodbye! Thank you for joining the Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. You can find us on Instagram at Pillow Talk Studios and in our Facebook group, Pillow Talk Studios exclusive VIP group. I cannot wait to share another episode with you soon. Bye.